0: Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you.
1: Finishing our series on the authority of the believer can you say that with me the authority of the believer this is part three we're finishing it up today and if I had to pick one series here we are June the 1st almost halfway through the year if I had to pick one series that I think is the most important of the whole year I would say this series this absolutely changed my life when I got a revelation of the authority of the believer. You know, uh, this weekend, a lot of big things are happening on Memorial weekend. One of the big things that happened is the Indy 500. Thank you, all you car nuts out there today. I mean, there's a lot of great things going on, but on my bucket list, I always wanted to go to the Indy 500. Well, years ago, had a good friend who was a deputy sheriff in Indianapolis, and he knew that I wanted to go, so he bought tickets for me and him to go, flew me in, paid for the hotel, put me up, and uh, took me down. Though before we went to the races, uh, he took me down on Friday that Friday to the deputy sheriff's office, and they swore me in as an honorary deputy sheriff. Here, if y'all can get this, here's a here's my badge, Dragnet. Here's my badge. And uh, here's my picture. Look how my hair's brown back then. My, my beard is brown back then. Can you all see that? I mean, that's the real deal. And so they swore me in, gave me a badge, took my picture, gave me a 357 Magnum, put my initials uh, on the handle, and they, they, were just, they were just so wonderful to me. So you know what this is? This is a badge of authority, a badge of authority. Some theologians call the name of Jesus the badge of authority. But, you know, you have to have a working knowledge of how to use this and a working knowledge of how to use our badge of authority as Christians, the name of Jesus. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to the Indy 500. I'd sure like to be there today, but I guess I love you more than the nd 500. Amen. <laughs> so uh you know we got to go i got to go it was so cool have you ever been there there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people and people you know they bring their campers and their tents for blocks and they stay there during the weekend and the traffic is crazy but guess what i got to ride in in the car i got to pass all the lines all the traffic we go into the gate and uh The gentleman that was with me, he said, he told me, he was a deputy sheriff, he said, you know, just show him your badge. (laughs) Boy, dun, 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 And so I just showed him my badge. What would have happened if I would have kept it in my pocket? Even though I had it, I didn't know how to use it. And so he said, take it out of your pocket and show him your badge. And so I took it out and showed him. He said, come on through, come on through, come on through. So we got to go on through. And then we get park the car, get out of the car in a special place, and we go down into the pit area. And there are guards there. I had it in my pocket. He said, take your badge out. She's it's one thing to know you have it. Right. It's another thing to know how to use yeah. the authority of the believer. So I just took it out. Dun, 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 dun. I, I sold dragnet for you old folks, okay? And I showed it to him. Come on through, come on through, come on through. So I'm down in the pit area, the Indy 500. I'm meeting the drivers. I'm meeting the owners. I'm going throughout the garages before the race begins. Amazing. What got me there? The badge of authority. It opened doors. It gave me favor. People had to respond, react in the proper way as I used the badge of authority. It was a life-changing day on that Indy 500, but you know what really made it? Uh, more than would be normal is getting sworn in as a deputy sheriff and having a badge of my own honorary deputy for the day and when i used it everything changed when you and i begin to use the authority that we've been given everything will change now you all know i have a personal resource assistant do you remember who that is Siri. siri so yesterday i go to her and i said siri why are people why are people acting like victims? I, I asked her this. Why are people acting like victims today? What does a victim look like? And up came three different sources of what a victim looks like. You see, if you and I as Christians don't know how to use our badge of authority, we'll live as victims instead of victors. We're to be more than a conqueror. We're to be victors and not victims. So this is right off, right off the internet, right from Siri. She said, here's what a victim looks like. But she said, a victim is a victim because of emotional distress. A victim is a victim because emotional distress. So I want to give you, I want to give you what she gave me off the internet yesterday, what a victim. We don't have to live as a victim. We can live as a victor. What a victim mentality looks like so you and I can evaluate and make sure we don't have one. Because as believers, we're to be victors and not victims. Number one, right off the Internet, mindset that bad things happen to me all the time. Bad things happen to me all the time. In other words, nothing good ever happens to me. When you tell a person who has a victim mindset something good is going to happen to you today, it runs off their back like water off a duck's back. They can't receive it. They can't receive it because of their emotional distress. Right off the internet, number two, Siri said, can we go to number two, guys? Number two, number two, blames others and circumstances. I'm echoing just a little bit. We got a new microphone, so can you give us a little, we all need a little grace today, okay? We're working it out. So, blames others and circumstances. A person with a victim mentality is always blaming other people and blaming their circumstances. Number three, no use even trying. No use to even try because they feel trapped. A person with a victim mentality. They say, what's the use of trying? What's the use of being a lifelong learner? Like you heard Ben and Tanya. What's the use of even trying, getting up again and, and trying to improve my life? Because nothing good ever happens to me anyway. And it's because of him, her, them, my circumstances, where I was raised, how I was raised, where I live, where I did live. All the above. Number four right off the internet, Siri. She said, they wallow in negativity. A person with a victim mentality, they wallow in negativity. Negativity, they actually like it. They actually nurture it. They actually breed it and feed it and feed it and breed it. They wallow in negativity. You say a positive affirmation to a person with a victim mentality. And again, no response, no good reaction. They can't receive because of the condition their spirit is in. Number five, right off the internet, Siri, feeling of no control over their circumstances. Here's where it comes in. I'm teaching on the authority of the believer. You've been given authority to have authority over your circumstances that you have control, that you are the architect of your life. Can you say that with me? I am am. the architect of my life. Whoa. person with a victim mentality feels like they have no control over their circumstances, and they feel that whatever happens, happens. That whatever happens must be the will of God, must be the plan for them. But you and I have found out, we've gotta know what to receive and what to resist. Amen? That you and I have authority over our circumstances. Number six, a person with a victim mentality are chronic complainers, right off the internet. When you go home, not now, but you go home, you ask your smartphone, call Siri up and see if I'm not telling what she told me about the mentality and the mindset of a person with a victim mentality. They're chronic complainers. Can never satisfy them, never make them happy, never please them. No job, no house, no church, no family. They're never happy. They're never satisfied. They're always complainers. And somebody said if we complain, we remain. Am I right? Complainers never get promoted. Complainers never get the raise. Complainers never get the favor. And complainers never are drawn into the circle of winners. Winners don't want whiners in their circle. Number seven, number seven, right off the internet, they won't accept responsibility. They won't accept responsibility. Person with a victim mentality, we found out earlier, they blame others and they blame their circumstances. And they don't want to accept responsibility you know those of you in our celebrate recovery ministry that the road to recovery starts with responsibility I'll say it again the road to recovery starts with responsibility if I'm in denial I can never move forward in my life number eight do we have a number eight or number seven is that it that's all she wrote okay so those are seven characteristics of a person with a victim mentality. So let's get into now the answer to that. Let's get into now hope. Let's get into now victory, all right? The authority of the believer. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all what? Authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. Now these are his last words before his ascension. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Here's where you get how we baptize at Church on the Rock. We don't baptize in Jesus' name only. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 goes on to say, teaching them to observe all things I commanded you, and lo, thank you, Lord, I am with you always, even to the very end. So notice Jesus regained authority back from what the first Adam lost in the Garden of Eden. He got it back, and then he gave it to his followers. Because you and I as a follower of Christ, if you don't have a working knowledge of the revelation of the name of Jesus, you won't fulfill your assignment either. We need this revelation of the authority of the believer, the badge of authority for a Christian, the name of Jesus, in order to go and do what God's called us to do. Can we have a praise break for the goodness of God? He gives you power for the purpose. All right, next slide, guys. Next. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him, speaking of Jesus, and gave him what? The name, which is above every other name. So anything that you can name has to submit to the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is more powerful than the name called cancer, arthritis, tumors, right? Tuberculosis, uh, blood disease, insomnia, anxiety, fear, lack, not enough. All those are names, but they have to bow to the name of Jesus. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things three places, things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth. So what's it refer to? Uh, of those in heaven and that's talking about angels. Those on earth, it's talking about humans. And those under the earth, it's talking about demons. So in the name of Jesus, you have authority over beings in heaven, earth, and hell. You have authority over angels. You have authority over humans. You have authority over demons. Now, when I say humans, I'm talking about the spirit behind the human. Y'all with me? Okay, next slide, guys. Move right along. John 14, 14. If you ask anything, and the last time I looked, anything means anything. If you ask anything in my name, so when you're asking, you should be asking in the name. You should be asking in the name of Jesus, and he said, I will do it. Kenneth E. Wiest, which was a Greek scholar, He said the scripture actually says, if you ask anything in my name and it doesn't exist, I will create it. If you ask anything in my name, if it doesn't exist, I will create it. The power of the name of Jesus, which is the authority of the believer. Oh, pastor, I've heard this before. You taught it five years ago, seven years ago. You know, really, that doesn't mean diddly-squat it's is i have a working knowledge of it is it working for me am i getting results when i use in the name of jesus next slide guys next slide john 16 23 and in that day you will ask me nothing most assuredly i say now folks this is how we pray friends this is how we pray brothers and sisters this is how we pray i say to you whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. So we go to the Father when you're praying. I hear a lot of people going to Jesus. But you're to go to the Father, and you're always to go in the name. Notice the power in that name. That's the only name that gives you and me access to God. The power in that name. Do you realize the power that's in that name and behind that name? and the revelation of that name, think about it, that's the only name that gives you access to God the Father. You go to the Father in the name of Jesus. Am I helping anybody? So when you pray, you always go to the Father, but you are always to end it in Jesus' name, in that name that's above every other name. Now, the name of Jesus is not a rabbit's foot. The name of Jesus is not a formula. The name of Jesus is not a charm. The name of Jesus is not a trick. The name of Jesus is all-powerful. And you and I need a working revelation, working revelation of it in our life daily as we confront our circumstances, our feelings, our emotions, our situations, knowing how to use that name so that every other name has to bow to it. And you walk in victory and not as a victim. Y'all with me? All right, next. Let's go to the next slide, guys. Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Next, guys, verse 2. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, who laid there daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. And he was there to ask alms. For those who entered, going to church or the temple. Verse 3. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Verse 4. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Look at us. Verse 5. So he gave them his attention, expecting the power of expectation. Expecting. What are you expecting out of this service? What are you expecting out of this sermon? What are you expecting today? Because God meets you on the level of your expectation. If you came expecting revelation, He's going to give it to you. If you came expecting your faith to grow, it's going to happen for you. If you came expecting nothing, nothing is what you're going to get. The power of expectation. Expecting to receive something from them. Verse 6 Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Notice he didn't pray for the man, notice that he spoke, notice that he took authority over sickness. How did he do it? By using the name of Jesus Christ. Now, don't miss this. This is worth taking a shower, taking a bath, putting deodorant on, brushing your teeth. I hope you all did that before you came today, all right? He said, silver and gold I don't have, but, 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 but what I do have I give to you. Question Do you know what you have in Christ today? Do you know who you are in Christ today? Last week I gave it to you. I said, Righteousness, right? Resistance and redemption make up authority. Do you know what you have today? Do you know what belongs to you today? Do you know your inheritance today? Do you know what backs up that name above all of the names that's been given to you and me today? Do you know who you are, what you have, what you can do in Christ today? He can only move in you, with you, through you, according to what you know you have in Christ today. You are not beggars, you're not merely getting by, you're not defeated, you're not victims, you're not losers, you're not defeated, depressed, and down. The Bible says you're overcomers, you're more than a conqueror, you are a victor, you reign in life, that God is for you, who can stand before you, that all your needs are met that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. This is Pentecost Sunday, by the way. Did you all know that? This is Pentecost Sunday. Big deal. It is a big deal. This is when the church was birthed on this Sunday. The church was birthed on this Sunday, 2,000 plus years ago. Pentecost means 50. This is free. This is a side note don't take my preaching time from this, okay? But this is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost means 50. 50 days after the resurrection, they were in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit fell, and they all spoke in tongues, and they got power to be a witness. They got power to live an overcoming life in a world full of darkness. Amen. Amen. So you got to know that was worth coming to church today, that revelation. Do you know who you are as a Christian? Do you know what you have as a Christian? Do you know what you can do as a Christian? God can only work through you to the degree of the revelation you have of who you are in Him, what you have in Him, and what you can do in Him. Let's thank God for the victory today. Come on. Hallelujah. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately, anybody need an immediately today? The name of Jesus can give you some immediately today. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood, walked, entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. I love it. And all the people saw him walking, And praising God, look at this, verse 16, here's the key. And they asked him, how did this happen? And he said, and his name. It was through faith in his name. Question, have you developed your faith in the name of Jesus Christ? How much time have you spent, are you spending, will you spend, to develop your faith in the name of Jesus you say, Pastor, how do we do it? By studying the scriptures I'm giving you today, by cross-referring these scriptures, by going into the Bible and get your concordance and look up the name Jesus and begin to study the scriptures. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And all of a sudden, it won't be a rabbit's foot. It won't be a charm. It, it, it won't be a trick. It won't be a formula. You'll begin to get revelation of all the power behind that name. And it's faith in that name. You say, I tried it, I used it, it didn't work. Well, if it didn't work, it wasn't God's fault, right? It's our fault. It's our fault, not God's fault. So that means I have to develop my faith in the name of Jesus so that when I use that name, I'm releasing my faith. You can't have access to God without that name. That name is more powerful than any other name. Everything has to surrender and bow to that name. So, my brother and sister, my challenge to you for the rest of this year, the next 6 months with 714 and reading our one year Bible and doing the Dave Ramsey app, I encourage you to build your faith in the name of Jesus Christ. It was his name that did it, they said. It was faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and you know. Yes, faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. I love it. So what do we have authority over? You know, we've been given the authority that Jesus had, right? And we began this series on the very first Sunday. I gave you five things he had authority over. If you don't remember, just fake it till you make it. Okay? Well, you all a quiet on Memorial Weekend, amen. And so it's real important that you go back and you look at that, folks, because you're going to need it in the days to come. I promise you, you're going to need this message in the day to come. I double-dog dare you to build your faith in the name of Jesus. I double-dog dare you to take this message and don't just walk away and never look at it again but study it and go back and watch it on YouTube or our website over and over and over and over again because you're going to need it by the end of this year. I promise you. I promise you. So now I want to end the series. We talked about what Jesus had authority over, uh, but I want you to see what you have authority over. So let's look at it. Number one, next slide, guys. Number one, you have authority over demons. There's more demonic activity now than ever before in my lifetime. The Bible says in the last days, angelic activity, good and bad, will increase. Did you know that? The Bible says in the last days, angelic activity will increase. Good angels, bad angels are demons, okay? Luke 10, let's look at it, verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Folks, all the confusion in our nation now about sex and identity and morality and all the things that are going on, that's way beyond human. That is demonic. We are in spiritual warfare. That's why I'm teaching you this series. I promise you, you will need this series more than you've ever needed before in your Christian life. Okay? So they came back, and they said that uh, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So they're talking about back here, Jesus said, behold, I give you authority. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Now, that's not literal. We're not snake handlers at Church on the Rock. Come on, somebody. I went out last night, rode my motorcycle, and uh, I came back from riding my motorcycle and parked my bike in the garage, and I was walking across the yard. I took a double take, and there was a huge snapping turtle. I mean, he was this, this big. If I'm lying, I'm frying. It's her. Her mouth was so big. Her head was so big. And I saw that, snap, that big alligator turtle going across there. I ran inside. I said, Kim, 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 get the, get the phone. Take a picture. Send it to the grandkids. This is amazing. So she did. She comes back in. She goes, let's move it. I said, I'm not touching that thing. <laughs> she said, come on, let's take it to the pond. I said, no way, Jose. I'm not doing that. Not me. She goes, oh, come on. She goes, are you a coward? And I said, yo. <laughs> I don't have authority over snapping turtles, amen? Yo, with me somebody. Uh, I mean, this wouldn't work with a snapping turtle. Uh, you got to know when to use the badge and when not to use the badge. <laughs> what would you do with her? We just let her have her own way. Praise the Lord. Okay. So this is talking about metaphor, type, and shadow. Serpents and scorpions are types of demons in the Bible. So he's saying, I give you authority over demonic activity. When your kids start acting stupid more than normal, when they start acting a behavior they haven't had before, there's something beyond human going on there. It's spiritual. And you as a parent, a grandparent, you need to take authority over that okay? So uh, you have authority over what? Demons, okay? You have authority over demons. Number two, you have authority over your thought life. You have authority over your thought life. You have authority over your thought life. You you know, spiritual warfare is in the mind, am I right? It's between our ears, ears. It's thought life you have authority not only over demon activity and influence, you have authority over your thought life. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three, guys, please on the screen. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So we're in a war. We do not war according to the flesh. And I taught this series to prepare you for the future. Don't take it like I've heard it before. If you do that, You don't have a revelation of the power of his name. You don't. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Verse four, verse four. For the weapons, so we're in a war and we have weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, okay? So they gave me a 357 magnet, put my initials in it. That's natural. That's not the kind of weapons we're talking about with this war. This is spiritual, supernatural warfare. And we've been given natural supernatural weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not natural, but they're mighty in God to pulling down a stronghold. What is a stronghold? It's a thought that you thought on way too long that went from a thought to an imagination to a stronghold. And now it has a strong hold over your life. Has a strong hold over your life. And as you think, so goes your life. The dominant thought in your life today determines the direction of your life tomorrow. The dominant thought in your life today determines the direction of your life tomorrow. So what are we to do with them? Verse 5. Next verse. We're to cast them down. Every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God would be the Bible, the Word of God, your one-year Bible. Any thought that contradicts the thoughts of God that are written down in the Bible, you're to take authority over. Don't live with it, don't nurse it, don't rehearse it, and don't disperse it. Are you with me? Don't give it time, don't give it real estate in your head. Don't give it real estate in your head, okay? During COVID, I had thoughts of quitting the ministry. Everything changed for us here on our team, everything changed. Church is normal that I had done for 45 years, everything changed. More ministers quit during COVID than ever before in that amount of time period. I had thoughts, man, what's the use? This is crazy. This is demonic. This is satanic. This is not God. I don't have to do this. I'm old enough to retire. I had those thoughts, but yet something on the inside, a still small voice said, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you yet. So I cast down all the other thoughts and let that thought rise to the top. You can relate to that. Come on, let's thank God we have victory, authority over our thought life. Bring every thought, Not just a few, but every thought and any thought that contradicts the Word of God. You're to take authority over it, and you're to cast it down. So we have, we do have, we can do something about our life. We are the architect of our life. We have the keys to the kingdom. It is up to you and me if it's going to be. We have authority over demons as believers. We have authority over our thoughts our thought life. We are not just to let any thought have real estate in our head. Number three, we have authority over our words. We have authority over our words. Words are powerful. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Am I right? Matthew 16. Let's look at it. Matthew 16, 19. I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say keys. Keys. When we give somebody keys that we hire here at Church on the Rock, I just hired a young guy from Puerto Rico. His name is Emmanuel, and he'll be with us in September. When he comes on staff, we'll give him keys. Those keys that I give to Emmanuel represent two things, authority to go in certain rooms and responsibility when he goes in those rooms authority and responsibility, keys represent. So he says, I give you the authority and the responsibility for your life. I give you the keys of the kingdom. I want to know what they are, God. What are the keys that open doors and shut doors, that unlock doors and lock doors? God, I want to know what are those keys that give me authority and responsibility. He said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Bind means to stop. Loose means to allow. If you and I have the authority to stop it or release it, that means you are the architect of your life. You have the responsibility to build your life God's way and for God's will. God's way and for God's will. Can we stop and give God some praise to that? No man can stop you. No man can keep you from God's way and God's will. They don't have authority over your life. You have authority over your life you are the architect of your life. You determine how much you make of your life. What you bind will be bound. What you loose will be loose. Those are the keys to the kingdom. Answer, how do you bind and loose? With words, with words, with words. So you and I have the authority over our words. Now, if you have an Amplified Bible, can you stay with me for five more minutes? We got great food trucks out there. We got one truck out there for you today. We got something out there for you today. But it'll hold, okay, because this is important, all right? So uh, I want you to see something Amplified. It says that what you bind has got to be already bound in heaven, and what you loose has got to already be loosed in heaven. Pastor, you're losing me now. I don't know what you're talking about. What it's saying basically is when you bind and loose, it has to be in agreement with God's will or God's word. You can't just be binding and loosing anything. It has to be with what God has already said, what God has already decreed. Am I helping anybody? I'll hustle. We'll put it on fast fast forward. Is that all right? Okay. So uh, again, what you bind is bound, what you loose is loose. Number four, you have authority over your emotions and you have authority over your feelings. We have authority. Well, I just felt like doing it. Well, I understand that. Uh, Let it all hang out, feeling good, feeling bad, you know, all the above. But you and I do have authority over our feelings and our emotions. They're a gift from God. They're not to lead us. We are to lead them. They're not to dictate us. We are to dictate them. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. I choose today if I'm going to be up or down, if I'm going to pout or praise, if I'm going to worry or worship, if I'm going to pout or praise, if I'm going to worry or worship, if I'm going to be engaged or escape. It's up to me. I choose today if I'm going to be positive or negative. I choose my reaction to life, good or bad. I choose if I'm gonna be up in a down world, if I'm gonna fly or fall, if I'm gonna cry climb or crawl. I choose today. I have authority over my feelings and my emotions. We walk by faith and not by sight. All right? Next, what do we have authority over? Next page, guys. Next page. Next page. Okay, we can keep going. Number five, circumstances. We have, as a team comes out, have I helped anybody today? We have authority over circumstances today. You have authority over your circumstances today. Thank you, Lord. Acts 20, 24. Acts 20, 24. I love this verse. This was Charlie Tremendous Jones' favorite verse in the Bible. Acts 20, 24. What what is the first five words? But none of these things move me. You have authority over your circumstances. We can't dictate what happens to us, but we can determine how we respond to it. Paul just went through all kinds of horrendous things, but he says, but. None of these things I'm going through moves me. None of these things will depress, defeat, or cause me to give up and quit. I'm going to use them as stepping stones, not a tombstone. Stepping stones, not a tombstone. It's not over. You know, the devil wanted COVID to be a tombstone for a lot of us, but you turned it into a stepping stone. Amen. But none of these things move me. You have authority over your circumstances. Neither do I count my life dear unto me so that I might finish. We are finishers at Church on the Rock. We are not quitters, we are finishers. And we're gonna finish strong. You are gonna finish strong. The devil isn't gonna take you out. The devil can't have your family or your children or your health or your happiness or your peace of mind, come on, somebody, you have authority. You are the architect. You have the keys. You have the responsibility to pick your life up in Jesus' name and soar and not sink and fly and not fall and overcome and not be overcome. Say it with me. None of these things I'm going through today will move me. Neither count I my life dear to me, so that I will finish my course grumbling, complaining, and whining with joy. Notice you won't finish without joy. You won't finish without joy. You need to do something every day that's enjoyable. If you don't do something every day that's enjoyable, you will burn out and not finish strong. Okay? So he says, You finish with joy and the ministry. We all have a ministry. We all have a ministry. We are to finish the ministry God gave to us, which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. So those are five things you and I have authority over. Takeaway, application, working knowledge. How do I get it to work? Number one, use your words, think. Before you speak, that is the key to the kingdom. You bind and loose. Some of you need to bind strife in your house and loose peace. Some of you need to bind quarreling and arguing and contention and release peace. Bind confusion off your children and release peace. Identity and clarity. Some of you need to speak to your finances and command lack to go in the name of Jesus. And I release abundance and increase in Jesus' name. Use your words like a technician. Number two, take away, speak in line with what God has already said. For us to use the authority of the name of Jesus, we can't fabricate. We can't come up on our own, (laughs) something we want to happen. We got to know the will of God. We got to know what he's already said and done in heaven and on earth and speak in line with that. If I don't know what I have, such as I have in Jesus' name, get up and walk and be healed. If I don't know what I have, then I can't release my authority like it should be released. Number three, take away what do I do? Submit to God. Submit to God and resist the devil. Y'all remember that? James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil. And we said that word resist means actively, actively engaging in a fight. Actively engaging in a fight. Perpetually. The series I just taught you, you do it every day till you die or Jesus Christ comes back. And that is taking your God-given authority, being the architect of your life, living the will and the plan and the purpose out that He has for you. Submitting to God means submitting to His Word and His will. And I'm way overdue, and I'm well done. Could you give the Lord a praise for the Word today? Come on, let's thank God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for that name, Lord. Thank you for that name that's above every other name. Give us revelation of that name, God. Give me a fresh revelation of that name like I've never had before. The wealth, the power, uh, God, behind that name that's above every other name. Your word says it's a excellent name. It's more excellent than any other name in the book of Hebrews. Show us the excellency of that name, the power, the greatness behind that name. In Jesus' name I ask and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big praise. One more time, we're done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all stand with me. Praise the Lord. Say it with me. I am an overcomer. I am am more than a conqueror. conqueror. I can do all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens me. me. I have have a ministry. ministry. I will will finish finish strong strong. with joy. joy. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
0: What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps, where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're a part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.